It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Wednesday, April 28th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and super excited to get into today's show. Uh, we obviously have the big board for the Dolphins, and for the sake of the timeliness on the show, uh, we are going to keep this to the top of the board. Oh, it's not, I'm not going to sit here on the Wednesday before the draft and just read names off a list for you guys. If you want to know specifically the deep dive for wide receivers and edge rushers and running backs, pass rushers, you can do that by going back and listening to those previous shows. We're going to cover the top 25 names today. And the reason why I picked 25 is I think that'll get you through the first three picks of the 2021 NFL draft in their totality as far as what players you should should find. Now, if Miami comes off the reservation, well, that's that's a totally different story. We This is not a fully comprehensive every position available. I tried to limit it to the Dolphins' primary positions of need. But no matter how things break, 25 is going to give you a great sampling, and we have to talk today about the Eric Flowers transaction yesterday. A lot of reaction. First and foremost, Chris Greer, you've done it again. I didn't think this was even possible based on Eric Flowers' financial uh, situation. We, we heard the news come through yesterday. The Dolphins are trading Eric Flowers to the Washington football team in a day three pick swap. My mind immediately, I am live on the air for our coverage at thedraftnetwork.com for the 2021 NFL Draft, doing a live stream. My mind immediately goes to, oh my gosh, they did the Brock Osweiler thing. They did the Aqib Tlaib thing. They, they must have traded five and Eric for a seven and got him to take the salary. Of course, that the salary being the reason that Eric Flowers was still here. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated reporting that the Dolphins had, quote, been shopping Eric Flowers for a few months. Uh, so the intention here, moving on, uh, Dolphins cold and calculated with this free agency class of 2020. So then uh, the news comes out, you, you get a little bit more. We got the Robert Hunt moving inside to, to guard thing to talk about. And then you also have uh, the, the questions about Miami's free agency spending, how good slash bad it may or may not have been. So I want to get into all that today, uh, starting with the financial details that have since come around on the Eric Flowers trade, which is the Dolphins converted $6 million of Eric Flowers' guaranteed money that was in his three-year $30 million contract for this year as base salary that was fully guaranteed. And that's the reason why Flowers didn't move. Uh, $8 million figure is a very large figure to have a guy not on the team, to just cut him outright. So the Dolphins lingering, hoping to find a trade partner. 
So it is a little bit of a wet blanket that it went from, oh my gosh, we did a late round pick swap and saved $8 million. When there was some fans were tweeting, oh, making a move for Julio Jones, making room for Julio. No. No. We cleared a, a very small fraction of dollars off the books. We saved $3 million total. But the Dolphins are still responsible for $6 million against their 2021 salary cap. Uh, so it's almost more like the Robert Quinn and Ryan Tannehill maneuvers uh, for Miami in the past with this specific regime, the Greer-Flores regime. If you remember, both of those guys were traded at the very start of Chris Greer and Brian Flores' tenure together, uh, but not before Miami ate a notable dollar figure to make them tradable assets at the, that point in time. Robert Quinn, great example. I, I think they paid him his roster bonus that was due, and then we were able to trade him for like a sixth-round pick. Ryan Tannehill, they ate a substantial dollar amount to get him off the books as part of that trade for a fourth-round pick. Uh, so Eric Flowers... Uh, not as good of a football player as either of those two players. And the fight now, granted, the financials were not as crippling either, uh, but it's the same sentiment because they traded up in the, four, the seventh round, I think 14 spots was the, the final figure, and cleared that $3 million off of their books. Now, $3 million is $3 million. It's not a small cash figure amount. And Miami deserves credit for finding an opportunity to get a guy who, if we're going to be honest, if you're forecasting for player development, you were paying Eric Flowers as though he was supposed to be your top offensive lineman. And Eric Flowers, forecasting for player development, was probably going to be Miami's fourth best offensive lineman at best. I think DJ Fluker's better than he is, who they signed for less than a million dollars to come in this year. I think Robert Hunt will be better than he is. I think Solomon Kinley stepping in at left guard to fill in for Eric Flowers when he got hurt last year, played with better push and created better movement than what Eric Flowers did all year long. So that's three right there. Never mind if you take an offensive lineman in the first or second day of the draft this year. So Eric Flowers, is, it's just, I think that we as Dolphins fans should recognize that Eric was a very valuable piece of the 2020 team. He provided good leadership. Uh, amid the COVID pandemic, he was one of those guys who was helping this young offensive line uh, kind of get their reps in. And Eric deserves to be applauded for that. Eric attended the University of Miami. It was a dream, a dream for him to come play for his hometown team. I'm thankful that Eric got the opportunity to fulfill that personal bucket list item for him as it pertains to his NFL career. But the financials versus the product on the field simply did not match up. And this now gives you the flexibility. A, you save $3 million. And B, you now have additional positional flexibility where if a guard falls into your lap and you love him, you could take the guard and you can leave Robert Hunt outside at tackle. If a tackle falls to, to 18, Tevin Jenkins, and you love him, you could take him at 18. 
Now, granted, you still have to fill those other needs or address those other needs on your roster, and I'm not quite sure how Miami's going to accomplish all of that without trading down. But that's, you know, you, you can't just keep Eric Flowers and continue to pay Eric Flowers because you feel obligated to. Eric Flowers, ideally, isn't one of your five best starting, one of your five best offensive linemen. And we had reached that point. So now the question begs to be asked, should the Miami Dolphins regret their 2020 free agent spending? They had paid $45.5 million in 2020 for the services of Eric Flowers, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, and Jordan Howard. That's not ideal. None of those players are with the team already one year later. Does that make it a failure? And this is where I personally, my personal viewpoint on what is your objective? You spend money to bring players in and attract talent that's going to help you win football games. The Dolphins doubled their win total in 2020. They won 10 football games. And in almost any other year, in any other year in the history of the wild card era in the AFC, they'd have made the playoffs. Because there's never been a number eight seeded team in the AFC conference since 1990 when they started doing the wild card that had 10 wins before. This was the first time in the history of the AFC conference it's ever happened. That sucks. That sucks for my end. But they spent money to bring talent in. And what you have to realize about competing in free agency, and this is why the Dolphins, ideologically, it sounds like they would rather build through the draft and be fiscally responsible and find bargain players and not do what they did last year. Because if you're a team like the 2019 going into 2020 Miami Dolphins, who finished 5-11, and and has no talent, guess what? If you're going to go out in the open market and you're going to bring a bunch of guys in, Brian Flores was phenomenal as the head coach in 2019, and he was just as good in 2020. But this was a young coach with a one-year sample size on a scrappy underdog team that found a way to keep up a good fight against most teams and land in an upset in Week 17. You're going on the open market trying to compete with everybody to bring in players that are looking to win championships. They want to win. They want to get paid as much money as possible. You're going to have to spend a lot of money to get guys into the building because the 2019 Miami Dolphins were not going to, did not show anything other than optimism of what they could develop into that gave you an indication that, yeah, I'm going to go sign in Miami and win myself a Super Bowl in 2020. Of course you had to overpay. That's, why, that's the entire point of free agency. But the Dolphins, they paid for players. They won football games with those players in place when the alternative was to sit on a bunch of money, not use it, and continue to have subpar players in those holes as well instead of building the bridge in which you can compete whilst you're maneuvering through your rebuild. And then you can partize, and right now the Dolphins are on the books for, I think, $13 million in dead cap. Before the Eric Flowers uh, signing bonus and, and eating of the money just to get him out of the way so you can continue to develop younger offensive linemen who actually have a high ceiling to work with, Miami had $6.5 million in dead cap, or $7.5 million in dead cap, getting rid of Jordan Howard, Kyle Van Noy, and Shaq Lawson. So all of that money that they spent, they were on the book for those three guys for like $7 million. 
Who cares what they spent? They spent 2020, and they won games in 2020. Anything else that comes after that should be inconsequential. And I applaud the Dolphins for not sitting here holding on to guys. Just, oh, we paid them a lot of money. We got to keep them. No, you don't. Go get better. Clear the way for Solomon Kinley to play left guard. And if that costs $6 million, well, that, that's, the, that's the price you had to pay to compete in 2020 and to get talent in there who could help you further establish a winning culture for your organization. That's not a loss. I see some people, oh, you know, Chris Greer signed these, all these contracts. He's not very good at being a GM. They won games. They overperformed each of the last two years when he's had complete, unquestioned control of football operations. Judge him on wins. That's what his job is. That's what he's there for. They're moving in the right direction. Now, if they come back this year and some of the holes that are unfilled bite him in the butt and they end up going 7-10, and 10, there's such a stupid number of games to play, then we can have that conversation about, wow, the Dolphins really screwed the pooch. Well, we're not there yet. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at a fair price point. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings to sure to bring joy into her life. Using diamonds only responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only over at BlueNile.com. Hey, Dolphins fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is giving a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenex Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. So I, I had to get the Eric Flowers thing off my chest because the criticisms being spun from skeptics of Chris Greer, and they'll, they'll point to the draft record, and they'll point to free agency, and you shouldn't applaud guys for, you shouldn't applaud somebody for getting rid of mistakes that he made as, as the decision maker of the team. Nobody bats a thousand. Nobody bats a thousand. And when you overhaul an entire roster in two off seasons at that accelerated of a rate, because you're trying to get this thing flipped around, you want to completely change the foundation of the team. You want to completely change the identity of the team, and you are doing transactions in mass. Those failed investments are going to be so amplified because you're going to see them all in a very short amount of time. But I guarantee you, go look at Bill Belichick's draft record over the last five, six years. 
Look at the Baltimore Ravens and what happened with free safety Earl Thomas. They gave him a contract, and it completely blew up, and he became such a negative force in the locker room, they just cut him outright. This happens all over the league. It's just the nature of the beast. These are the pristine, prime franchises across all of football. Go look at the Steelers' offense right now. Go look at what they've done in free agency this offseason. Go look at their, their pluses and minuses, their pros and cons. They lost like three-fifths of their offensive line, starting running back, and they have tightness against the salary cap. They're not in a great spot. I'm sure they'll find a way to make it work. But you know what the difference is for all three of those teams? Coaching is good. The coaching is good. And you as a Dolphins fan need to get comfortable with the fact that you have a good head coach. And you trust that that coach is going to put the right game plans in place to keep you competitive on a weekly basis while you continue to tinker. That's why the name of the game for the Dolphins offseason is flexibility. The Dolphins have to be flexible. They are afforded the opportunity to be flexible. So if that means you double back, you address Tevin Jenkins at right, right tackle, so be it. If the board absolutely blows up in your face and you trade back and then somebody jumps you for the other wide receivers and Penny Sewell staring you at the face, draft Penny Sewell. I'm not advocating to draft him at six. And that's just based off the numbers game, which is a beautiful segue. Beautiful segue. Into our next subject, which is the top 25 board for the Miami Dolphins, according to me. This is not the Dolphins draft board. I have no intel from anything that tells me what the Dolphins draft board specifically looks like. This is an application of logic, an application of my own eye, an evaluation of the game and the prospects involved at Miami's primary positions of need. Uh, but we have some linebackers in here. We have some offensive tackles in here, some offensive guards in here, some pass rushers, some running backs, tight ends, wide receivers. Uh, no quarterbacks, right? We have no cornerbacks. We have no safeties. We have no defensive tackles. But to some way, shape, and form, you get most everything else. No specialists, sorry. No punters and kickers in the top 25. <laughs> but the, there's a good amount of available players that are represented here. And what I want to do is I want to read through the guys in consideration at six and, and where that cutoff is for me. And you can just do the math. Uh, even if you're not a real big numbers guy like yours truly, uh, you'll see that, that the math here makes a pretty good amount of sense uh, for what direction Miami should be going with each pick. So the top five, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Jalen Phillips are my top five best available prospects at primary positions of need for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the top four being in consideration with the number six overall selection. Pitts, Chase, Waddle, Smith. Chase over Waddle is a little bit of a predictive nod, an acknowledgement to what we have generally heard, which is that if Kyle Pitts is there at six, he'll be the pick. If Kyle Pitts is gone and Jamar Chase is there, there's probably the most support for that for what he can develop into as an athlete. And if Jamar Chase is gone, the tea leaves heavily, which we talked about on yesterday's show, skewing way over in advantage and in favor of Jalen Waddle right now. Is that smoke? Is that not smoke? Is Devontae Smith still their preferred target? I don't know. But from my eye, I would prefer Waddle over Smith, which I've been pounding the table for for quite some time on the show. So that's why I have the top four that the way that they are. 
any trade back that Miami should be able to entertain, I'm only executing if it keeps those four names, some combination of those four names, on the table for you to draft, but only, but I should say, unless you get blown out of the water with a deal from a quarterback desperate team like Chicago at six to, to come up to six from 20. If they do that, great. Give me your whole freaking draft and give me your next two ones or your next year's one. And I'll bring those over and I can pick at 18 and 20 and get your two and your three and really fill out all my needs. And then I can use all that extra future draft capital to go make some splashes and get some blue chip players that way if I need to. Jalen Phillips at five would be in the conversation with a trade back option, as would Quiddy Pay for me, as would Penny Sewell. I think those are the guys who I would generally say should be in the consideration as potential top 10 picks, depending on how the board falls. And from a math and numbers game perspective, it's impossible for that to happen. We're probably going to have four, if not five QBs go in the top 10. There's no way you're going to get that run that's going to knock all these guys off the board. So the top seven, I think, are guys that would be worthy of top 10 selections depending on how the board falls and depending on if you executed a trade back. Pitts, Chase, that one's predictive. Waddle, Smith, Phillips, Pay, Sewell. And, of course, with Jalen Phillips, if they're not comfortable with the concussion history there, I could totally see them bypassing Jalen Phillips and drafting Quiddy Pay. In a perfect world, some of these names, Phillips and Pay, are available for you at 18, and you can have a choice between those guys. Penny Sewell won't make it there to 18. And the guys down here to end out the top 10 of the board, which is Micah Parsons at 8, Tevin Jenkins at 9, Zavin Collins at 10, Najee Harris at 11. That's about the full extent of players that I would advocate for the Dolphins to entertain drafting in the top 20. So this is where you start to see some of the, that value proposition that you see in the NFL draft. I think the Dolphins, for the Dolphins, knowing that they've got the 18th overall pick, I think there's 11 players that should be in the conversation. And even then, Najee Harris is a break glass in case of emergency pick for me personally. You don't have to agree with that. But that positional value is, is pretty low down for me. But I do acknowledge his skill set and its fit within Miami is a pretty strong one. And he would take a sizable role in the offense. But if you have those 11 guys gone by the time you get on the clock at 11, which I don't think will happen because you've got a really good corner class coming up. you got five quarterbacks, so the numbers game itself, you get two corners and five quarterbacks, and 10 of those guys go, somebody's going to be there at 18 off of this list. Period. So you feel really good about that. But say they were all gone. Quarterback tumbles. One of these corners gets a red flag that hits him then what you do from there is that's when you really try to push for the trade back. Or alternatively, if you come up on the board and six of these names are still available, say Phillips, Pay, Parsons, Jenkins, Collins, and Harris are all available at 18, I'm still trying to go back, probably, to see if I can find that godfather home run deal that would be just too good to be true, too good to pass up. Not a guarantee we'd find it, but that's when you should start 
entertaining those ideas when there's either a, a scarcity, a complete scarcity of players that you think are worth the pick that you're set and scheduled to invest, or if you find that there's a total surplus, take advantage of that surplus. You have all these players that you feel like would be worth this pick. Move back a little bit. Guarantee you're still going to be in a window to get one of them and get extra picks to work with. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Get it? And you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoff. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. So we're over here, TDN Draft Headquarters, the Draft Network Headquarters, and uh, everything's really busy, which is why I'm really thankful for our friends at Built Bar. We've told you a ton about Built Bar. Uh, how valuable they are, how how delicious these protein bars are. Uh, but when you're in be- in between live streams, and I was on camera for uh, five hours yesterday doing live stream stuff for the draftnetwork.com, and uh, it really helps to have a built bar within arm's reach that can help keep me going. This is a delicious, high protein, low calorie, low sugar, high fiber protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, 18 different flavors and 100% chocolate on all of their bars. You can visit builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order of builtbar.com. So if you're looking for something keto friendly, something delicious to snack on, something for breakfast, something on the go, Built Bar can be that for you. So visit builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, Save 15% on your next order and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. A quick recap of my top 11, which we've covered thus far, uh, best prospects available for the Miami Dolphins. Number one, tight end Kyle Pitts, University of Florida. Number two, wide receiver Jamar Chase, LSU. Number three, wide receiver Jalen Waddell, Alabama. Number four, Devontae Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Jalen Phillips, defensive end, Miami Hurricanes, number six, defensive end, Quiddy Pay, Michigan Wolverines, number seven, Penne Sewell, offensive tackle, Oregon. Remember, this is Dolphins specific. Number eight, linebacker, Micah Parsons, Penn State. Number nine, Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle, Oklahoma State. Number 10, linebacker, Zavin Collins, Tulsa. Number 11, Najee Harris, running back, Alabama. That's the short list, in my opinion, for the top 20 picks that the Dolphins are scheduled to make. You get a little further down. These are guys that if you find your way trading up into the first round, you trade back from 18 and you get a run and you strike out on all those players in front of you. Here are some names to watch that I like. Joe Tryon, defensive end, Washington Huskies. Alex Leatherwood, offensive lineman, Alabama. Running back, Javante Williams, North Carolina. Running back, Travis Etienne, Clemson Tigers. Christian Darisaw, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. 
those are guys for me that I would probably say consider with additional first-round assets. So Javante and Travis, you know, I, I get the running back positional value dynamic. Uh, but if the Dolphins find themselves with a third first-round pick, they'd be names that I would certainly entertain. Uh, that's not to say names like Landon Dickerson and Creed Humphrey are out of consideration here. It's just kind of the ideal value for the players in their resumes. Jason Owe, defensive end, Penn State, number 17 on this list. You're getting early second round. These, these are players I think will be home runs. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman, Minnesota. Wide receiver Elijah Moore, Mississippi. Defensive end Aziz Ojolari, Georgia. Medicals flagged for a degenerative knee issue. Something to watch. Alabama center Landon Dickerson. Medicals flagged for a laundry list of lower body injuries. Rayshon Slater did make the cut on this list, but because he doesn't meet a lot of the thresholds, I think he'd have to play center, which means he's further down in that valuation process for Miami than he would be for most teams, and he's going to be gone. Like He's a player that's going to be a top 10 pick tomorrow. So if you're looking for players to fall down in your lap, you can rest easy knowing that other teams' grading criteria for Rayshon Slater is going to put him much highly co more coveted for them than they would be for you, so that's going to prompt somebody to drop down potentially into your lap that wouldn't otherwise. Uh, interior offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker, USC. Center, Creed Humphrey, Oklahoma. That stretch of guys, none of those checked all the boxes. But they're good football players. If they end up being in a range that you feel is appropriate value as the Dolphins, you know, you're at the very tail end of the first round, you're in the early second round, they're at 36. Any number of those guys, you'd be hard-pressed to, to go wrong with. And last but not least, the 25th name on this list, defensive end Gregory Rousseau, Miami Hurricanes, from a developmental perspective. And if I could add one more, I'm going to ruin this, even though I have OCD and saying that 26-person big board just isn't the same, I would probably put Carlos Basham, the defensive end of Wake Forest, next on that list. So I hope that gives you guys a nice little strike zone to work with. I'll make sure the full thing gets shared with you guys uh, so that you can see how, as I stacked everything for Miami, it ended up stacking up. Uh, there was some mind changing, of course, uh, versus some of the positional specific uh, prospects and the order in which I put them, but that was largely within tiers. So like late in tier two, had a couple guys that I ended up flipping around and tinkering. I will tweet out from Locked On Fins uh, the link to the big board itself so that you guys can check it out. Uh, and a bunch of shuffling within tier three guys. So uh, that's kind of this is the final product for from an evaluation perspective where I stand with the Miami Dolphins, how I would covet the players based on their needs and how I evaluate the talent available. Uh, with a little bit of twinge of predictiveness there right at the top, putting Jalen Waddell behind Jamar Chase, even though for me it would be the other way around. Hope you guys enjoyed. Tomorrow's a seven-round Miami Dolphins mock draft. The final prediction. We'll see how many I can nail down. Hopefully I get one or two along the way. But we're going to have a good time either way, so you're going to make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast, follow along, 
Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. And I'll talk with you guys tomorrow. Fins up, everybody. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.